When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dun, 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 dun. Film history. The history. The history. It's spooky season. Spooky season. Spooky season. Film history. The history of film. Welcome to film history. The, the history, history of film. Today we're keeping the scary vibes going. Our Halloween extension through November is going strong. <laughs> <laughs> we're the only ones doing it. We're the only ones doing this. This is Halloween in November. <laughs> Halloween is so short, man. October, that's it. One Especially month. when you take three weeks off. Yeah. And also, like we said before, Thanksgiving hey. movies are sparse. Time is yeah. relative, and it's whatever month we fucking want it to be. Damn yeah. right. The Halloween decorations in the studio are still up. Yes, exactly. They're still yeah, they're still jack-o'-lanterns. Yeah, they're still jack jack off lanterns. <laughs> there's still uh, jack off lanterns <laughs> everywhere. Is that what that pumpkin's doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's why it's it used to be orange and now it's white. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was just one of those albino fall pumpkins, one of those decorative ones. Nope, it's full of cum. Uh, today I'm going to be bringing you, to keep the scary vibes going, I, I reached into my soul and I said, what is a classic scary movie that we could do? And quite obviously, this came to mind, Psycho. Oh, nice. Ooh, yeah. cool. Alfred Hitchcock's oh, Psycho. Dude, good pick. I'm, good pick. I'm not talking this about... also deserves its own episode because I know we wanted to do a Hitchcock breakdown in yeah. series. Yeah, we're going to do Hitchcock but at some point. This is so iconic out yes. of his career that I think, yeah, for sure it's on standalone. This was his first cool. horror film. And that really? Yeah. Wow, cool. In his trilogy or whatever it takes. We can just, yeah, yeah. Stick to all the other cool his, Exactly. This is like his uh, his hit, so we'll get this out of the way. Cool. We'll probably do Alfred Hitchcock next <clears throat> next, next Halloween, November. Next, who knows? Next millennia. <laughs> next millennia. Whatever. Right after we do the the next best picture. You know? <laughs> yeah, uh, that series. Remember that series? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, We're doing that again. Don't worry. We'll we'll probably start off the new year with that. At some point. At some point. Eventually, we'll be doing that. <laughs> Has your hard drive of Three Stooges arrived yet? <laughs> yeah, it is. I can okay. get that whenever. Sorry. Okay, That's cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're here in the flesh now. Yeah. You have the hard drive. Upload yeah. it. It'll be a January episode at some point. Yeah. You know, but it, the sooner you upload, the more I have time to edit it. And that'll be just be a free week. That'll just be a pass. We know? put that whole thing yeah. in the can, man. Yeah. We got an episode we're, in the can. We're going to bring it back at some point. It was <laughs> so crazy. Did I tell you guys I thought I lost it in Florida? <laughs> oh, my Dude, Lord. I, I called by three places I was in Florida and was like, yo, is it? But here was it in the storage room? Is it there? Nobody could find it. Dominic oh was God. like, "You didn't leave it here." Blah, blah. And I was freaking out. I'm like, "Okay, it's gone. It's just gone." It's and gone. that's like invaluable. I can't have that gone. I'm like a wreck for like 36, 48 hours. 
And then Dominic comes back. He's like, oh, yeah, I just moved some stuff. And I forgot to look there. And it's like, oh, oh my God, God damn it. I appreciate it. Shit. Yeah. I, appreciate I love that. It. I love yeah. that journey for that hard drive. Yeah. yeah. That, episode, that episode has a story. That episode yeah. has a story, man. That episode lived in a lot of places and went through a lot of shit. <laughs> It'll be like probably uh, the second episode in January. Yeah. And it's just yeah. part one. I haven't even it's done part, part one, two. Yeah. I haven't done part two where uh, Mo kills Curly in we real life. We still have so <laughs> much information about the Broccoli family talking about it. Broccoli family, that's so much. The broccoli family history. But today we're going to be talking about Psycho. Man, I love this movie. This is uh, 1960. I always talk about this, but these movies back in like, especially the 60s, man, where it was phone booths, typewriters, newspaper stands, buying cars with cash. You had hotels with actual fucking keys and registry books, you know. If, if you're a big fan of, like, L.A. Noir, you know, I always talk about that, man, where it's, like, it's it's all this old-timey shit yeah. that has gone by the wayside now, but it used to be, you know, phone booths and shit. I don't know. There's just something cool about it. There's something cool about a script where people don't pull out their cell phone, you know. Yeah. It's like a... It's yeah. like a little bit more work. Traditional. Traditional. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have cell phones when they wrote it. So exactly, man. It would be like... really weird if somebody put out a cell phone in Psycho. Be like, wow. you know, what's funny is they're gonna be able to recreate Psycho using AI and <laughs> just insert people with cell phones, and it'll look <laughs> yeah. exactly like hell it yeah. And to give you a little bit about when this thing came out, <laughs> I'm gonna give you. When are we? <laughs> Uh, I recently received a compliment for this segment from my boy Jake Armbruster, who I work with. Cool. He has become a new listener of nice. the show, and he says, When Are We? was a damn good idea. Nice. <laughs> so, thank you, Jake. Hot Boys of Bond Unite. This is for you. This uh, When Are We? You start are, uh... saying the year after it. <laughs> yeah. That way we can categorize these. 1960. Uh, been a while. We used to have Radio Man come in here been and do this, but he was, uh, I think he was, I don't know, he always got very depressed. Yeah. Remember Radio Man would get down, man. He died had, of heroin. Yeah, I think he, actually, they found him dead at the Chateau Armand for autoerotic asphyxiation <laughs> or some shit, but uh, he'll be back. He'll okay, be back. all right. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. He had a, a radio wire. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hell yeah. A, a radio mic, the old RCA yeah. mic. And just, well, I feel like. himself and shoved an antenna up his ass. <laughs> I feel like Radio <laughs> no. Man only comes when we need to read Cap. Last we left our hero. Last we left our hero. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, if, we don't, if we don't have any heroes to recap, then. Yeah. Radio Man's our hero to recap today. We're <laughs> recapping him. This is 1960. We've definitely been in 1960 before on this show, but maybe it. here we go again. I'll I, still download more music for it. Yeah, same here, man. Repeat it. Just repeat it. Hell same. yeah. I don't know how many times I've reused the same music for a decade, but <laughs> our listeners do. <laughs> yeah, our listeners definitely do. I think, I can't remember. I think it was Brando that we talked about 1960. I can't remember. Or maybe Stephen McQueen. We talked about it every year. Several, yeah. several yeah. things. Several things. Yeah. Like the Rat Pack stuff. There's been a bunch of stuff. There's oh, been, the Rat oh, Pack. That was. 1960s. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. But this is specifically 1960. This, this is, is the 1960. first 1960. This is the first 1960. Dwight D. Eisenhower is president. Never his, heard of him. <laughs> his vice president is good old Richard Nixon. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. <laughs> but that's how we begin the year. We end off 1960 with the election of John F. Kennedy. 
and the country's mind was blown. <laughs> hey, get it? Because I shot his fucking head off. But it's like 62 or something, right? 61. Yeah. Or 63 is when they, when they when he decided a we convertible was a good idea. We elected the sexiest man to ever serve as president. Yeah, we did. And then they blew his sexy face right the fuck off in a, in a convertible in Dallas. Like he's too hot. We gotta put <laughs> yeah. stop to all the hotness. 1960, the cost of NFTs around this time. <laughs> The cost of gas around this time is 25 cents per gallon. <laughs> what the fuck? A 23-inch television is 200 bucks, <laughs> and a new car is 2,000 whole dollars. Holy shit. <laughs> and with the inflation calculator, that's like gas is $2.50. What TV the is, fuck? Yeah. It's a, still cheap. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a know. TV is two grand. A car is 20 grand. So this is kind of like 2007 prices. Okay. You know? I'm, yeah. I mean, yeah. two grand will still give you a nice TV. Yeah. It's like 2007 um. prices when Drake was still like a baby. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah I think yeah. Drake was born <laughs> in 2007. Uh, housing was a different story. You could get a house for like $5,000, which even with fucking inflation is still only 50 grand these days so what the fuck yeah yeah it's uh all the after post-war rebuilding effort yeah all that was like government subsidies that were financing loans were cheaper 50s were like the bounce back i love government <laughs> subsidy oh man subsidize me however much you want subsidize uh subsidize, subsidize this podcast Has right to now <laughs> subsidize this podcast by subscribing <laughs> to our patreon because we Patreon.com. provide a service that's right we're, to the American people. Yeah, thank you for our service. <laughs> thank you for our service at Patreon.com. We need money because slash film history, history of film. And I would argue that we provide that we provide great uh, international public relations. That's too. right. That's right. We keep the world together. We bring communities together. And in LA these days, fifty grand couldn't buy you a fucking cardboard box under a bridge. My so. rent sure. each month is fifty grand. Yeah, yeah. I pay fifty thousand dollars a minute just to live, <laughs> just to have electricity. That's my. That's my. You think that's, that's air you're breathing? It's just money. <laughs> That's my oxygen bill. <laughs> You're standing around, Bill. It's the only place I've been to that has oxygen bars. Yeah, you have to pay for that shit around here. Inhale That's... oxygen at this trendy ass bar. I'm like, this yeah. is insane. That's, That's why we all smoke funny. cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. That's the only air we can breathe. It's cheaper. It's, it's cheaper definitely than cheaper. <laughs> cigarettes are cheaper than oxygen. You better not breathe the real air, though. That's no. where you get in trouble. Oh, yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't breathe the real air. Or drink the real water. Yeah. <laughs> you will die. Uh, 1960 is the year that Daddy goes to Vietnam. Uh, you know, France had their asses handed to him over there, so it was time for America to step in and see just what we could do. Uh, oh, I know French went to Vietnam before us. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. why they, they go? French territory. They, they they got beat as well. <laughs> Vietnam was like gaining their independence, and they got you know. They were colonized by yeah. France. Yeah. They, they, France had been there for forever. That's why they And we got to go out and serve the Frenchers are so good. But yep. this time we failed. <laughs> yeah, so we were like, let's see what we can do. Nothing. And then, uh, we didn't do very well we either. Die. We, we were, die. Uh, the, the, the government was like, hey, let's put, or they're like quietly like, hey, let's put some fucking explosives and fireworks on this fucking boat out in the middle of this uh, gulf and light it on fire. And then we'll say, the Vietnamese did it, and yes. then, you know, we'll someone will make the board. greatest movie of all time about this nonsense. Apocalypse now. And Jane Fonda would I go over there. I thought you were going to say Tropic Thunder. Oh, well, that, that's <laughs> that too. That too. Yeah, and then Jane Fonda went over there, and everybody hated her for it. But, you know, fuck it. She did the right thing. Anyway, The Flintstones was premiering on TV. <laughs> what? Fonda. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, Barbarella. Just watch Barbarella. Okay. That's the only thing you need to know about Jane Fonda because that was amazing. Okay. 
Uh, take an edible before you watch Barbarella, or maybe like heavy acid. Take a bunch of acid. Take a sheet of acid and watch Barbarella, and you'll know who James Bond is. That defeats the purpose. It cancels each other out because just like watching Barbarella is like taking a sheet of acid. So, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You so don't even you need will, acid to watch. Yeah. If you watch, watch it, it on acid, I feel like it would be normal. Yeah. A, spa- <laughs> a space woman goes around and fucks uh, alien dudes on different planets. Is this a porn? Whew. No, but it's it was damn near. <laughs> Should be. I mean, I'm she is sure naked. There's like reenactments. Yeah, there's times where she's like <laughs> floating around naked. And porn is this where I'm doing? Is this where I'm doing a film history on? Actually, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Barbarella will be a film history. Absolutely. Why did the January slate? That's a guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. 1960. The Flintstones is premiering on TV. That was that what? Was, yep. The Flintstones is premiering. All, I had no idea it was that old. Yeah, man. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that old Hanna Barbera days. All the kids are doing the twist to Chubby Checker. Those whores. Those fucking harlots. Those Barbarella whores. Uh, some big films are coming out this year. We've got old Frankie Blue Eyes, Sinatra, and Can Can. We've got dudes actually dying on screen and Ben Hur, which also won uh, Best Picture. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. <coughs> won Best Picture this year as well. The 32nd Academy Awards held at Pantages, hosted by Bob Hope. But the most important thing that ever come out of 1960 <laughs> was this movie that we're going to be talking about today. Fuck Kennedy. Fuck Vietnam. <laughs> fuck all that shit. Wasn't Ben Hur black and white? Nah, Ben Hur was in color, baby. Really? This okay. was like, you know. Wait, wasn't Psycho in black and white? Of, yeah. And there's a reason for it. Interesting. There's a okay. reason for it. They didn't have the money for color. They didn't have the money for color. <laughs> black and white at this point was basically like indie art house films. Uh, people were going to color, oh. but if you didn't have the money, you could still make black and white. So black oh. and white was like cheap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How do people, how do the audiences feel about black and white? Well, it depended. That's actually part of this whole thing that I'm going to talk about okay. is like people were making black and white films for cheap and uh-huh. it had gotten to the point where all the black and white films at this point were just sort of schlocky mm. not good and so this is part of this whole thing Hitchcock wanted to make a good black and white film Ooh, again like, okay you know I'm bring it back but there's a whole reason for it as well cool, it, it depends okay. on who you ask okay so <laughs> but I'm going to give you a little bit about the plot of this movie I kind of yeah. this movie is two movies uh, for all of you huge fans out there, you already know this, but some people really don't know the plot of Psycho. You, you... Yeah, I, I've actually seen this movie, and I don't remember the plot. Okay. I remember, yeah. like, parts of it, but I don't really remember what it was about. Yeah. He f- We're going to cut that part out. Okay. <laughs> because... <laughs> cut that, cut that actually, just beep it. Do the okay. beep thing over that. We're going we're gonna to beep that out because I don't want to spoil the end of this movie. I know it's 1960, oh, okay. but, and yeah, we all know. Oh, beep that part okay. out. Right. Uh, but right. Hitchcock was so weird about not spoiling the end of this movie. I feel like if we spoil it, he's going to curse us somehow. Okay. All right, cool. So I don't want to spoil this movie for him. He, he, was, he felt it very important. A lot of things changed in the movie-going experience because of this and because cool. uh, to avoid spoilers. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay. This was this was one of the... The legacy. The okay, le- yeah. yeah, this was one of the first things where I was like, don't spoil it. Whoa. You know? There's a big twist at the end. Dude, yeah. 
yeah. cool. Yeah, man. Okay. <laughs> inventing the inventing spoiler culture. Yes, exactly. Cool. This is uh, EQ's jam. Yeah. EQ is one of those who does not like things spoiled for him at all. Yeah. You know. Me too. I, I hate it. Yeah. Don't tell me anything about nothing. Don't tell I, me nothing about nothing. I have a thing where it's 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 zero to sixty for me. I don't care if you spoil something for me. I'll still go see it. But I love going into something completely blind. Yeah. Like not even seeing a trailer. Yeah, I for hate this seeing thing. trailers, yeah. So the movie begins in Phoenix, Arizona, which is a fitting place to begin a horror. That's a horrifying place. You don't <laughs> want to be there. You know. <laughs> don't kill me. Uh, don't do that. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, we love you, Phoenix. Yeah. We love you, Phoenix. <laughs> uh Friday, December the eleventh at two thirty four PM is the exact date that the story begins. <laughs> <laughs> Hitchcock made it a point. Nothing good happens on the 11th. That's right. <laughs> Nothing. That's what, uh, classic. Wait, is this November 11th? December oh. of the 11th. They're all bad. Yeah, that's right. But an idiot, because if it was November, it'd be 11 11. Oh, oh, yeah. No, wait. It's 12 11. Yeah, I know. So we fucked it up. We could just start a month yeah. earlier. Oh, we had yeah. good luck. We're, I'm thinking 9 11. We're in Christmas time. You know, we're almost to the anniversary of it. Yeah. We're almost there. Maybe. Listen what? to this on the anniversary, December the 11th. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Promise the okay, anniversary yeah. of this story. But if you're listening, don't stop listening. Don't stop. <laughs> Keep going. Just listen yeah. to it again yeah. on the 11th. Yeah, Give yeah, us some yeah. more views. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening, by the way. We appreciate you. We love our listeners. So Marion Smith, uh, Janet Lee, is the actress. Marion Smith is on her lunch break. She's over at Sam's apartment. They're banging. They don't show any of the banging because it's 1960. It's post-banging. <laughs> It's postcode. It's postcode. Can't yeah, show yeah. cock on screen anymore. Right. You yeah. can't show full blown cock on yeah. screen. She's in a pantsuit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She's in a. She's actually in her underwear. She's in Meanwhile, some white underwear. Meanwhile, you can see Fatty Arbuckle's whole cock. Yeah, he he used oh. to pull his cock out just for comedy. Yeah, you know they would have full penetration. But uh, <laughs> for comedy. <laughs> yeah, but they're in a hotel. She's at. She's over there with Sam in this hotel, and you see Sam. He's in the middle of this divorce. He owes his wife a lot of alimony, so he and Marion are are fucking in Phoenix uh, mm-hmm. for this sort of secret affair that's going on mm-hmm. on her lunch break. And uh, by the way, having sex on your lunch break does not give you much time to have sex. But <laughs> you know, you got an hour. You got an hour Speak on your for lunch yourself. break. <laughs> you got an hour on your lunch break. It's got to take you mm-hmm. 15 minutes to walk there. Mm-hmm. You gotta get right to it. Fifteen minutes to walk back. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot of time to fuck. But <laughs> Sam and Marion are finding a way. Uh, and so she gets done fucking. Sam's like, "Oh, I love you, but I'm poor. You know, it, I don't. You can't come live with me. I live in this like shack. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. Or uh, it was a a room behind a hardware store. Yeah, it's like, I'm, po- I'm poor. Like, if I get you pregnant, I absolutely will disappear. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am There's gone. no abortion at this time. I'll be gone quicker than the sex we have on my lunch break. <laughs> There's still abortion here. Yeah. <laughs> and these condoms are made of, like, sheep's wool. Yeah. <laughs> so she goes back to work after her lunch break, fuck, and it's this, like, ship job. Her boss uh, has air conditioning in his office, but not for the secretaries where they work, answering the phones and shit. And it's hot. It's fucking Arizona, man. It's yeah. Phoenix, you know. Yeah. Well, global warming hasn't kicked in yet, so hot was like 65. Yeah, it's like 65 <laughs> whole degrees outside. <laughs> and they are sweating. Yeah, and she just worked up a sweat with Sam in the hotel room. You know, it's fucking hot in here, man. But she goes back to work. So she works at like a real estate office. They, they buy and sell properties. 
And uh, they have some very 1960 conversation here, by the way. Her coworker, the other secretary, just sort of casually drops on her that she be she has begun taking tranquilizers. What? <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, my husband's not very happy with me. I started taking tranquilizers. <laughs> Started injecting Zans, People dude. People were just fucking zombies, <laughs> dude, dude. That's like, sick. I love yeah, that. 19, I love that for them. 1960 was just zombies. Prescribe me some tranks. Like. Some tranquilizers. <laughs> and my husband's not happy because I. And they, I always love it too because like these are actors doing yeah. a part, but like in real life, she'd be like, my husband's not happy, so I started shooting up barbiturates. <laughs> the Hat Man comes to visit me every night. <laughs> oh shit, man. I see shadow people if I'm up too late. (laughs) (laughs) And so her boss comes in with this like rich cowboy hat, bolo tie wearing Arizona man. Very Phoenix man. (laughs) Very Phoenix man. Turquoise up and down. Yes. Can't tell because it's black and white. Exactly. uh, Exactly. You knew it was turquoise. That was the only color in the whole movie was just turquoise accessories. Phoenix crystal gemstone money. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't even say what he does. He's just rich. He probably is Phoenix gemstone rich. You know. Phoenix meth rich. (laughs) (laughs) This is Breaking Bad in 1960. That's what this man did. He's like absolutely Absolutely, just a cartel member. Uh, but he says his 18-year-old daughter is getting married the next day, and he's buying her a house for $40,000 for a wedding present. And he's all Ooh. he's all about it. He's got the $40,000 in cash, fucking whips it down Wait, on her did desk. Did you say back then houses were five grand? Yeah, houses so were five is, grand. He's balling out. Yeah, he's, he's buying, buying her a mansion. mansion. Yeah, okay. uh, and, you know, you run that through the old inflation calculator, that's four hundred grand today. Ooh. Which uh, you bumped out the housing market. That's forty million. dollars. Forty million dollars. He's <laughs> buying her the fucking house from like Gone with the Wind or some shit. You know, he slams the money down her desk. It's all cash. He's like, yeah, see, I, I got the money. Or more like, hey, hey, really, just like that. Yeah, just like that. And uh, he throws the money down at her desk. And basically, he's like, all right, it's 3 p.m. It's time for us to start drinking. So they go back in the office. Hell yeah. Start drinking. It's 1960. He says, quote, he's dying of thirst to Rooney. That's what he tells her boss. It's, it is 3 p.m. We have not had any alcohol yet, and I'm dying. Dying oh. of thirst to Rooney. Dying of thirst to Rooney. And here's the big thing, and the reason I've told you all this. Her boss says, I don't want that cash around here over the weekend. It's Friday. Bring that cash to a safety deposit box. We'll talk about this on Monday. We're going to go get hammered because it's 3 p.m. and we're in the office, you know, and it's hot out here. We're going to go in the air conditioner and get hammered. Uh, so so she's like, yeah, that's cool. I'll bring it I'll bring it to the, you know, safety deposit box, but I'm just going to go home afterwards. I got a migraine. I don't want to be here anymore. It's hot out here. And he says, yeah. And the, the bolo tie wearing guy's like, yeah, honey, go home. Go to Vegas or something. You know, go go relax. Go to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, he something. literally says, he goes, go to Vegas, the world's playground. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, yeah, actually, I think I'm just going to go home. I appreciate it. You know? Vegas is not close to Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> He's I'm really tired. I got a migraine. Should that I, is... like, go home? Or you know what will fix a migraine and tired exhaustion? <laughs> a six-hour drive to Vegas in your 19th. 1960s car. 
<laughs> Go to Vegas, honey. So yeah, 1960 Vegas as well. It's like that's a great place to be. That's but be back to work tomorrow. Up, don't don't <laughs> take too long while you're there. Some mob's gonna <laughs> shake you down for whatever you have. He's like, yeah, yeah, go home. Your boss and I are gonna binge drink for the rest of the day. Go away. <laughs> uh, so the very next shot, like very next fucking thing that she does, she's in her apartment with the envelope of cash and she's packing a fucking suitcase. <laughs> She's like, she's got $40,000, which if you remember, that is $400,000 in an envelope. And she is just getting out of there like she is. Whatever, I'm out. (laughs) Dude, she's packing faster than like if the police were coming to her door right now. She is fucking, she's going to go down to Fairville where Sam lives and pick his ass up from his room in the back of the warehouse or the, the hardware store and, you know, they're going to go be rich together in Acapulco or some shit. She's like, she's fucking out of here. Mm-hmm. And who can blame her? Yeah. Who can blame her? You know, uh, kudos to her. We're going to Mexico. They don't even check these days. Yeah. Uh, the Phoenix Chumstone guy can blame her. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it does come down to that. It does. If he can catch us. Yeah, that's right. If he can catch us. Uh, you could easily start a new life with $400,000. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're especially like... You just drive to Mexico these days. Oh like, no one's stopping you. Go straight to Tulum. Four, yeah, straight to Tulum. 400 grand. I would become like a mini McAfee. I'd become yeah. John McAfee. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I would just like, all the locals would be like making yeah. weird drugs in my backyard yeah. with machine guns. Yeah. You know, whole new life. Whole, who mm-hmm. knew me who dis? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that man was definitely suicided, right? John McAfee. We all agree. He. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He of was, course. He was disappeared. He yeah. was disappeared. In Spain, for sure. Yeah. He died. He's he died of the yeah. same cause as Epstein died. Yeah, of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever yeah. you think that is. Same dude. <laughs> what if it turns out it's the same hitman? The same guy. The guy who's like killed all the most prominent guy people. Just keeps his Although it, it really would rough prisoner just keeps uh, getting transferred to all these international <laughs> prisons. <laughs> On paper, how did John McAfee die? Was it a drug overdose? Because that also wouldn't surprise me. Because he was an old yeah. man who did a lot of drugs. That's no, he was in custody. Yeah, he was in prison. Oh, he in, was custody? Yeah. yeah. He, was in, he was arrested. He was yeah. in custody. It was like uh, somebody... Suicide, but like... No, okay, yeah, he got... Yeah, he got it's suicide. the same guy. They just call the same dude. Yeah. And like, a, month, like a week before, two weeks before, he's like, if I had to get suicided... Yeah, this, yeah. This, you know he was like, up. "I'm like not about to commit suicide. If I commit suicide, they killed me." And then a week right. later, he, yes. was su- he committed suicide. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. 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 he had like a shit ton of dirt on a lot of people. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he was gonna release it if they didn't. He was the craziest man to ever live. Yeah, he should have just dropped it. Nuts, man. Did. That guy. That guy didn't live in reality. Like he he formed his own reality. <laughs> Glenn's still out there. She's okay for yeah. now. You know, like Trump said, "I wish her well." Uh, <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> Bro, you know that's gonna come up on this campaign. By the way, he just yeah. announced he's running. Uh, again. Yes, yeah. he did it today. today. Oh, and yeah. did you, did you see there was a, there was a leak. There was leak uh, caller like messaging between him and Rupert Murdoch, who runs all of like the right wing media. Yeah. And he said, "If you run, we're not backing you this time." Yeah, yeah Rupert no, Murdoch Fox is out. Yeah. Fox yeah. Is out so he's running out the back. A of bunch of people. Media. He's yeah. there's like a hardcore. 
20% of the conservative party that's like hardcore Trumpians and stuff, but yeah. the rest are like, this, fuck this. There's actually going to be like, a, I think, a big runoff between DeSantis and him. Yeah, yeah, this civil war will be so much more fun than the last one. Man, the memes a, will be way better. They're saying we're in a cold civil war. The we, right yes, dude. The, the memes yeah. are going to be so much better. Yeah. Um, the memes are going to be let's great. Let's do it. Definitely better let's than the last it. civil yeah, war. Let's, the memes yeah. of the last civil war yeah, were not, not Anybody's ever going to do is be like, yo, Trump, Epstein. Like, yeah. what the fuck, bro? Like, there's now, it's, like, not on the back nine of it anymore. It's, like, yeah. I think, I don't know, maybe I won't swing the vote, but I think shit like that will be too easy to bring All up. All I Man. ask is that if Russia nukes, nuke me first. Yeah, so, I don't want to be on the outer ring mm -hmm. of the nuke. Yeah, I'd rather That's not the, know it's coming. You I don't know like what I mean? the melting. It's not going to be Russia yeah. that nukes us. It's going to be North Korea. Or if, ourselves. Then nuke me first. Like, all I'm saying is just like... Oh, don't worry. If it's yeah. North Korea, we yeah. will. Los cool. Angeles will be Sick. gone. Because we won't know it's coming. We'll just be gone. We're going to get nuked by Alabama. Like, imagine <laughs> imagine if New York gets nuked, how stressful that would be for us. Oh. But if we're out, it's like, they got to deal stress. Yeah, they, now it's their problem. Anyway, yeah, so yeah. Alfred Hitchcock... North Korea, if you're listening, please do not nuke us. We talked about nukes episode, too. We talked about we're we're just a nuclear fear mongering <laughs> podcast at this point. <laughs> well, Welcome to kill me now. The secret desire is we want to survive the nuke and then have superpowers. Like yeah, that's yeah, really yeah, I yeah, want yeah. Fallout Four. The that's inner what I desire want. is yeah. just give me a, a power armor. Suit Welcome back to kill me now. Welcome back to kill me now. Anyway, she packs her fucking bags. She gets the fuck out. She is now in her car leaving with four hundred thousand dollars or forty grand. With inflation, 400 grand, you know. And wouldn't you fucking know it, she's trying to leave town. She stops at a red light, and her fucking boss and the bolo guy, Ty, are in the crosswalk. And they see her in the car. Remember, she said, I'm going home. I'm not going to Vegas. I'm going home because I have a migraine, you mm -hmm. know. So they see her. They They're fucking see her. They're like, hey, could we come to Vegas with you? Yeah, <laughs> the Molotai guy for sure. They were already hammered, yeah. so they got really drunk in the office mm -hmm. probably. Anyway, she keeps driving. Some shit happens on the way. I won't really spoil it too much because uh, we need to finish this episode someday, and this is a long episode, and I'm just telling you about sort of the setup for this thing. We've only shot 15 minutes of this actual episode. Really? I mean, we've been going for an hour, but I've like yeah. 15 yeah, yeah. minutes of content. <laughs> but the beauty of this is the stress. Like... We're riding in the car with her a lot in the beginning with Marion, and she they, they did this thing where she's having like an inner monologue now, you know, and she's thinking of what people are going to be saying mm -hmm. once they discover she's gone. Because at mm -hmm. this point, it's Friday. They're not going to know she's gone for a few days, mm -hmm. you know, and then they're going to notice she's gone, and then they're going to notice the money is gone, and then they're going to put two and two together. Mm -hmm. And so Alfred Hitchcock did this, like all of their voiceovers are playing in her head of what they're going to say. That's cool. Marion didn't show up today. Where the fuck is she? You know, mm -hmm. what do you mean the safety deposit box is empty? You know, type mm -hmm. of shit. And she's, it's just so like, I don't know, like if anyone out there has ever done anything shady or against the law, there is this like thought that you have in your head, this like, Dark. No, James. <laughs> none of us. None, none of us have ever. Have ever none of us have ever broken the law. But I would speculate that you How run through you? all these outlandish scenarios, yes. of the worst case things that could possibly happen. Yes, absolutely. You know from personal experience. And me neither. I would, I would conclude this. None of us would happen. ever break America's laws. But Never. if we did, she she knows she's fucked. Like she mm. knows like each decision that she makes, each second that she drives with this money in the car, it's more fucked is more fucked. Like, mm -hmm. she is just further digging this hole, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's 
that's what begins this like true horror. It totally shifts. It complete. Mm-hmm. It, it becomes a completely different movie. But it's a horror in the beginning as well because it's like this woman who is just about to actively decide to go on the fucking you know the mm-hmm. the the twilight zone here, mm-hmm. and her life is never going to be the same. She's about to get Sam involved, and it's just it's a yeah. very stressful scene. And then they know? stay at a hotel. Uh, no, so she's driving along. It starts pissing fucking rain. She can't see anymore. It's late at night. She decides it's time to finally, like, stop somewhere. And she sees a light blinking through the rain. And she pulls in to the Bates Motel. And that's where I'll leave the plot there for now. Okay. Because I don't want to tell you anymore. Okay. But just know... She stays at a hotel. She stays at a hotel, and if you ever pull up to a hotel on the middle of the highway, and there are 12 cabins, and there are 12 vacancies, leave. Just keep driving. Don't do it. Especially if it's run by some dude who keeps talking about his mom. Just just keep going. Just don't do it, man. Cool. Uh, Norman Bates, shout out to the first incel ever, basically. <laughs> this was uh, incel before incels. You know? Did you guys ever watch the show, Bates Motel? No, and was I heard it, it's good. Okay, cool. I was going to say it was good, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I heard it was good. I yeah. want to watch it now. After yeah. I watch this, I definitely want to cool. watch it. Did that. you rewatch this movie for this episode? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Does it hold up? Oh, one of the best movies I've seen in a while. Really? Yeah. It's like one of the best Whoa. movies ever. Yeah. Whoa. For like sure. Just, the camera work was groundbreaking. There was so much like filmmaking aspect mm-hmm. that was amazing and cool. new and cool about this. Yeah, cool. for sure. Definitely go watch this one. Uh, think about how many times this has been just parodied. Yeah. Yeah. Comedy for yeah, years, so say, decades. Does, yeah. Does the shower scene kind of come off comical now? Not comical. Um, no, I wouldn't say comical, especially everything building up to it and leading around it and everything. It's it's actually it's still quite like violent and disturbing in my opinion. You know it's coming and it still makes an impact. It makes an impact. Cool. It's okay. like fuck, like and it's it's sort of out of nowhere. Yeah. It it's very like yeah. immediate and it it does make you think. So this was based on uh it, it was a novel it was published. A book, yeah. It was a book it in was 1959. <laughs> nice. <laughs> they kept calling him uh, Edward Alfred Hitchcock kept calling him Master Bates on set because he was a big fucking perv. That but uh, hilarious Norman Bates was, and he is reincarnated into Ezra Miller. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Norman Bates is 1960s Ezra Miller. It was a so novel. He did nothing wrong. Yeah, right. He made babies eat bullets. No big deal. It was a novel published in 1959, written by Robert Block. Damn, Block. everything's a fucking book. Everything's first. a fucking book first. And Hitchcock stuck pretty close to the source material of this thing, but the book was loosely inspired on Ed Gain. And uh, much like a lot of fucking movies, Texas Chainsaw Massacre as well, right. they say yeah. like uh, Hannibal Lecter uh, was uh, very Ed Gain-ish. Okay. Um, and so this guy, so that's the thing about the movie, and also he filmed it in 35mm that was like zoomed into 50mm, and so it was like... Uh, it was basically the same as like the human eye's perception, and he kept it very. It was this thing where he wanted you to be in it, you know. Interesting. And it's it's it's. How do you do that? How do you calculate that math? What's, oh what's man. The, what's the what's the I equation mean, can, on that? You can tell. Like, there's certain like because your eye is a lens, yeah. so it's like 
the whatever there's a certain aspect ratio and like a way that you think things can be interesting frame yeah okay. so it's a disturbing movie like it's it's still a horror it still yeah. holds up in my opinion and the famous like you know yeah. that's from this movie yeah, yeah the yeah. the horror sting kind of almost like began here yeah. you know but this is the thing about like hitchcock is like he has a way of communicating that suspense and the horror kind of coinciding and making it like he, you are tricking your own self out right whenever you're watching these things in in his in all of his movies i yeah, think you know for sure it's like you know that like oh this isn't gonna be that crazy or that t-, but then you're like i don't know it's something weird that like i at least for me and at least i've heard other people talk about it, but what's like maybe we realize it unconsciously but so you are think overthinking things and freaking your own self out through it you're while you're watching. Yeah, kind of paranoid, but it's like even just with the psycho thing, like the the fact to just have that come in suddenly. Yeah, and unexpectedly, in and of itself, is a psychological trick for sure. You know. Yeah, and it makes you think. I mean, you know, the actor that's jolting. Just in the story and yeah. just like visually and everything. I imagine a lot of motel owners were pissed. A lot of people <laughs> were like, "Fuck, man, you're hurting our business. Nobody wants to stay at motels anymore." And now. at this time, everybody stayed at motels. Yeah, there wasn't like big chains of fucking hotels because wait, really? it was. That's why so it was common and relatable. Yeah, that's what I always talk about with these movies too. That's part of the horror, you know, is just the time you're living in. But like, absolutely, dude. 1960. You know, this was a time before. If you saw a motel on the side of the highway, you just kind of had to stop. You had to, you Whoa. know. Yeah, you don't have GPS. You don't have yeah. fucking. So there were know. no such thing as nice hotels back then. No, there was. There was definitely nice hotels, but mostly, you know, these are highway side motels, and a lot of these highways were new. You know, a lot Even of these like highways Route 66 were. Sixty six. Yeah, it was like I just drove that out here, and like. There's still motels, but it might yeah. be like a Hampton Inn sprinkled here, or like yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. but. Uh, it's still like you pull off in the middle of Arizona in the middle of New Mexico and there's sure. these one Just story piece of shit strip motels. Things. Yeah, man. And Whoa. you, you know, yeah, that's kind of like, uh, that you yeah. probably still will die at. Yeah. You, yeah. I was going to sleep in one. It. I was like, stop at this town. I was going to stay. I was like, Oh, which one of these should I just get? Because none of like the regular hotels had any room yeah. or capacity. And I Whoa. was like, Whoa, what is this? And I looked at these Google reviews on some of these motels. It was like a month ago. Uh, my door got kicked in and I got robbed. Uh, Jesus. On this other one, it was yeah. like, oh yeah, I came in and like there was like feces or something all over the place and roach. I'm I like, had a friend who stayed. Whoa, why would you ever say? He goes, oh yeah, it has scorpions at all times. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. I'm like, that's the thing. If you don't get three fuck. scorpions in my room, if like, you don't what? get murdered, the bed bugs will kill you. Oh you know? my. No, God. I had a friend stay at a motel on the side of like somewhere in fucking. Uh, it was like Arkansas saw or some shit and a dude blasted a shotgun through his wall in the middle of the night what the fuck <laughs> yeah dude motels are nuts man dude that's wild that's yeah cr- i didn't know that was that's that's insane yeah man and that's sort of where this takes place by the way back to ed gain real quick have we ever discussed on this podcast ed gain's furniture he was the man who made made of people furniture out of people right? yeah. he made furniture out of people we've discussed it right we had to have on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre oh right? that's right that's right that's just, right yeah, yeah we yeah, absolutely yeah. had to have yeah just in, I mean he was an artist oh my god Ed Game was an artist so he know? would he would dig up bodies yeah. and he'd make furniture out of them and just if you want to ruin your day a little bit just Google Ed yeah. Gain furniture but like the man was an artist and impressed at the same time wouldn't man. you like want an Ed Game oh my piece? god no. so 
Kind of, it freaks me out. It freaks me out. I don't want. I don't want to see it. the face like, chair. The face chair freaks me out so you much. You sit on faces. Like, oh, I don't want. Uh, nah, 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 I don't want to see faces. Real faces. Nah. He had. A, he had. He had the leg lamp before Christmas story. You That's know what so I'm saying? <laughs> freaks me out. I don't want to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Google. Belt, the belt's the worst. What is the belt made out of nipples? nipples? Oh god, that one hurts. The nipple most. belt. Oh no. And everybody, everybody always, every single thing that I ever read about Ed Gain goes well. He only killed two people. It's like, hey man, I bet those two people didn't think they were the. They were only two people, you know. It's like, I, I it bet those two people didn't think they were going to be a, a throw pillow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he only killed two people. He did make nipple belts out of them, but it was only two. Oh god, yeah, man. Yeah. And I mean, also, it's like I, I, I'll donate my body to science, but don't turn me into a chair. <laughs> don't you know, turn me into a chair. You're like ninety percent done with like a project you've been working on for a long time. Right. All you gotta do is like kill two people. Two more more people like, can finish this chair really nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, man, I don't know. If you're going to turn me into a really nice chair, I might be down, you know. But uh, I want to make sure my face yeah. looks hilarious and crazy. <laughs> I, I got to look handsome. Yeah, At least make me look handsome. Thing. Don't make me look dumb. Make me look handsome, man. I want to yeah. look comical and dumb. Yeah. But that's what this book is about. Okay, cool. <laughs> this book is loosely based on Ed Gain. Okay. Uh, Psycho, it's this book about Norman Bates. You know, the whole thing... Go watch it. I don't want to spoil it for you, but it, it the book is the movie, but in book form. You have to read it instead of watching it move in front of your eyeballs. That's, crazy. That's how books Carr's work. Got the right, he got the rights, and then the studio yeah. like kind of made fun of him, balked at him. Yes. Wait, really? This is such a ridiculous idea. That's where, yeah, that's where we're going to get into. Credit, actually, for this was given to the right person. Uh, it wasn't Hitchcock who discovered the book. It was his assistant, Peggy Robertson, who was kind of this famous like Hollywood assistant. She was like a fixer, you know. She was Alfred Hitchcock's assistant. You know how uh, Tarantino's got his people who were yeah. like famous for being his people. Yeah, she was one of those. She okay. was this real like. So Hitchcock was already on at this point. Yeah, he was on. He was already he that was boy. Huge. He okay. had just made North by Northwest. Oh, one of the biggest budget movies in Whoa. history. And so he was like, I'm gonna do. So he didn't do Black and White out of budget concerns. No. He well, did it for the vibes. Both. What? That mm-hmm. that is where we're going. It depends on who you ask. But she read the book. She brought it to him with the idea of adapting it. Uh, at the time, he was under contract with Paramount. Mm-hmm. He was on this fucking huge run with Paramount. He brought it to them, and as it turned out, their studio readers had already read this book and said, "Absolutely not. We're not making this. This is disgusting. This book is vile. This is like we do not want some incel serial killer." On the Paramount lot. You know, that's not what we're doing here at Paramount. So, that's not what we're doing here at Paramount. That's not what we're doing here at Paramount. We're, Sonic we're, movies through and through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we have morals here we want at Paramount. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they did have another con. They had a Alfred Hitchcock's contract guaranteed another film to Paramount. They did not want him to make Psycho. They were expecting this movie called No Bail for the Judge, starring Audrey Hepburn. Uh, but she became pregnant, so she bowed out of the movie, leading Hitchcock to scrap that production. And the official stance was that the book was too repulsive, impossible for films, and nothing but anything of his star-studded mystery thrillers would suffice. So <laughs> they said they didn't Stick like anything about it. Stick to the formula, kid. Stick to the formula. And he was about ready to go cagney on these fucks, all right? He says, fuck it. 
bought the rights to the novel himself for $9,500, which to the old inflation calculator, that's about ninety-five grand. Oh, not bad. Not bad, especially for this man. This man yeah, was... Yeah, if you're, if, you're, if you're the cock. Like, yeah, you're the cock. Right if it's owned by a studio and you're trying to buy it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Grand these days for He's story. the cock, baby. He's the cock, baby. He's the cock. So the cock's not a problem. <laughs> the cock won't stiff you. <laughs> the cock, nice. That was his motto. The cock won't stiff you. And not only that, he had Peggy go out and buy every copy of this fucking book that had not been bought yet. So no one could read it, so they could get spoiled? It, they did, exactly. <laughs> the spoiler was in the book, and he did not want the spoiler out there. <laughs> and it was still a fairly new book, and so he had all of it taken out of circulation so that no one would know the end of this fucking book. He Catholic book. Church shit. <laughs> yeah. whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on. But if you bought every book and they're sold out, wouldn't the publisher of the book be like, we gotta print more books? Uh, not no, this time. No, you can talk to your publisher. You own the rights to it. You yeah. gotta like, and they probably oh, planned to do a he release. Because he bought the rights to the book out outright. Watch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The publishing company makes money because they do another re-release in the conjunction with the movie. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's okay. the cock, baby. That's the cock. <laughs> the cock will never stiff you. You double dip, unless you want it to. <laughs> so he buys this thing. He goes back to Paramount. <laughs> and they said, hey, cock, we still don't want to do it. Like, that's cool and all that. You bought the fucking every book in the world. We still don't want to do this nasty ass movie, okay? So he offered, he's like, look, we'll make it cheap. I'll do it in black and white. Uh, and this, I will use, he was already doing the TV series at the time, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, mm -hmm. and he says, I'll use my TV crew, this thing will be, you won't even know we're here, don't even worry about <laughs> don't it. Don't even know I did it. <laughs> Fairmount came back and said, again, buddy, no, we don't want to do it. Uh, also, all of our stages are booked, so fuck off. Uh, come back to us whenever Audrey Hepburn isn't pregnant anymore. I love how you were like, they said no first and then said their stages were booked. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. we could have just told you our stages are booked, yeah. but no, no, we no, no, really no. wanted to ensure that we told you no for yeah. the third or fourth time. There was, like, there were... A lot of conversations in uh, Barney Balaban. He was the president of Paramount at the time. A lot of conversations being had, like, dude, like this is the wrong thing. Like you're this again. This was his first horror movie. Up to this point, he had not made horror that we know Alfred Hitchcock mm. for. You know, this is North by Northwest guy. Mm. This is Alfred spawned a generation. Spawned, exactly. Whole genre. Yes. No birds yet. Hitchcock. No, yeah, right. Right. There's no birds. And they're like, dude, you're. You're like you're about to tank your career. You're in your sixties. Like you're about to do this like disgusting murder film, mm -hmm. and it's like you're you're gonna tarnish your legacy here. And Paramount's not behind it. God damn it, you yeah. know. And then they threw him out of the window yeah. like Jack Warner. Yeah, we're never gonna finance you torturing women with birds. Exactly. You'll never exactly. achieve that. Yeah, Universal will. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so Hitchcock countered that he personally would finance this project. And damn, he really believed in this. He really fucking believed in this thing. Personally financed this thing. We're not even going to film it at Paramount. I've already looked over. Universal Studios has a stage open for me. So you guys will just distribute it, but I'm going to go fuck off and film it over at Universal, and I'm going to do it myself. So there's almost nothing you can even say about it anymore. Yeah. Basically. But he's still under contract. He's still though, under contract. Right? So they could still say no. Try to sue the cock. Okay. Try to sue the cock. Try yeah. to sue the cock. Hey, the cock yeah. will never stiff you. <laughs> no. He probably could have been sued, but... But, but uh, I guess at this point they're like, this is so at low this risk point for he us. Could be sued. Yeah. Not after this. Yeah. They're like, this exactly. is so low risk for us. You won't shut the fuck up about it. So exactly. like, let's just let him do it. That's basically what they said. And he 
even in lieu of his usual $250,000 director fee, $2.5 million through the old inflation calculator. That's what he made a film. Uh, he proposed, instead of that, I will take nothing, but I will take 60% of each sale, Ticket sales. of the negatives. The negatives. So not the Which tickets. Which those go to the exhibitor. The theaters. Yes. Okay. Like basically sixty percent of distribution. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And uh, according to legend, he was in Barney Balaban's office, president of the company, and Barney said, "Where the hell are you going to find the money?" And Hitchcock had his uh, had Peggy come over with the fucking checkbook, and he said, "Who do I make the check out to?" And it was eight hundred thousand dollars from his personal bank account, uh, <laughs> which is. $8 million. It's 10 times. It's 10 times, this year. by the way. <laughs> the combined offer accepted by Paramount and Universal, and old Al got to work with $800,000 of his own money, much to the chagrin of his wife, Alma, who they had to mortgage their house for this shit. Wow, he really fucking he believed really in this movie. really believed in this movie. Wow. There was a famous quote by Alma, and she was like, so do we have to like mortgage the pool or the whole house for this fucking... Like, slasher film that you're doing you know wow and again i mean this is hitchcock like this is the legend this is like slasher films exist yeah yeah it's like babe i really believe in sharknado (laughs) exactly man exactly how dare you sharknado made a lot of money like compared psycho by alfred hitchcock to shark that's what people thought it was gonna be as far as the perception though like the perception is like it's just like a sloshy slasher movie yeah i mean so it's like it's like the equivalent of pitching that yes no but you don't understand the sharks are in the tornado right right i I promise it's gonna work i know but like damn man are you sure (laughs) like eight million dollars sharks and tornadoes are eight million dollars yeah, man like no bueno this would be like fucking you know spielberg just all yeah. of a sudden being like i think i want to make sharknado i know, guess you know there's someone i guess like star wars yeah. like, you know, yeah. what, sci-fi space yeah. opera movie yeah. what yeah. yes get out of here yeah, i'm yeah. not talking about quality i'm talking about like pure perception like the pure what like, it could have been the white and the if it had yeah. if it hadn't been him it could have been a movie like that yeah. if it had not been alfred hitchcock psycho would have been uh, in some like collection of DVDs nowadays that yeah. you could get that were like uh, you know lost movies yeah, basically. Fumble it, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's an easy fumble. Easy fumble, but luckily it was this man. Eight million dollars was basically the budget. Whenever you adjust for inflation, it was an eight hundred thousand dollar budget, which is dirt cheap. You know that's how much it costs to make War Pigs, and that movie was a pile of shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> eight million is nothing nowadays. No, yeah, that's no. nothing nowadays. That's a lot of money for a self financed film, but yeah. you know. I can't. Whoa. War Pigs was all right. <laughs> Wait till you hear how much it made. So the offer was accepted by Paramount and Universal. Old Al got to work. $800,000 of his own money. Mortgaged his own house. Wife is very unhappy. and uh, But this budget worked for him. According to Hitchcock, this is the thing. It it's always sort of depends on who you ask. According to Hitchcock, he had just filmed North by Northwest. Gigantic budget movie. And he wanted something that was a bit more indie. He wanted something that was not dealing with all the the huge Less bells and whistles. Less stress, lower yeah. budget. He wants to shoot TikToks. Yes. I'm done producing music videos. I want to shoot TikToks. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And this was also the time the French New Wave was kicking up. And he thought this would be like a great American response to the whole French New Wave, Art Nouveau, okay. you know, artsy-fartsy indie like, films. They're doing black and white, I'm going to do black and white. Yeah, we'll do black and white, yeah. too. Uh, plus, black and white, like I said before, this would become kind of like cheap, you know. Uh-huh. Black and white was seen as like a cheap, schlocky way to release a movie now. Uh-huh. 
So he wanted to do a black and white that was really good, really well done. And to top it all off, black and white, we can show more blood. Mm. We can get away with more blood because it's not red. And the censors really don't like red blood in their movies. Yeah. So we it, can get it away sounds with it. like it was like a lot of things kind of just came together. He yeah. was like, I would love to do a cheaper film. I also can't do a more expensive film if I'm funding it myself and right. I can get away with more shit. It just sound, kind of sounds like it's just like it just works. Yeah. He also lit black and white in different ways that had not been done really uh, before. It was incredible. Which was kind of what I think a lot of the critical draw to it was. was like, look, he took this art form, which everything started in black and white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was in black and white. So it was almost like, oh, we thought that was like run through. Yeah. And then he took it and did like this really different, unique thing with it. And you know, that's a, that's a cool thing. And I think that's why I got it. Okay. But hey, it's in black and white. You can't see the blood, you know. <laughs> you it's not blood. red, it's black. Maybe it's cum, you know, who it's knows? Cum. But uh so so old Hitch, he goes to his own writer first, his TV writer that was a writer on Alfred Hitchcock Presents, James P. Cavanaugh, to do the first draft of the script. He roughs out the bones of this thing, kind of like how Ed Gain would rough out bones to craft his gorgeous new face chair, you know. And, uh, and this guy sort of gets like... You don't want rough edges. You want smooth that's right. edges on you the smooth, He was an artist. Like you like hurt yourself if you like got a pointy yeah. edge. Yeah, you don't want to sit down on a pointy edge couch, you know. Yeah. Those bones got to be smooth, rounded, <laughs> nice, perfect. Wouldn't want anyone to get hurt. Man, if Ed Gain, like Louis Vuitton could do an Ed Gain line right now... <laughs> Terry Lee. Terry Lee. Oh my God. <laughs> Instead of humans in motion, it's like humans not in motion. Dude, you know. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Dahmer's the most popular show ever. So Exactly, you know. man. That is the Zoolander sketch that we all need right now. Is <laughs> ben and Will, will you please go back on Funny or Die? Just do like a, a short, like a 10 minute. Yeah. Or like even like a five minute where Derek Zoolander. <laughs> Modeling Ed Gaines clothes in French. Yeah, he made some good boots too. He made mostly women's clothing with uh, with dead bodies. We love a feminist icon. Yeah, man, he was he was a gay icon. The times are changing, Uh, Derek. (laughs) (laughs) Derek, Derek. So, of course, his TV writer he thought this thing read very television. The script read very TV. It was kind of long, drawn out for TV. Uh, But he actually. He kept this script in case this became just another episode of Alfred Hitchcock Presents. He was like, this thing might just be my fucking big episode of the season. You know, I don't know yet. I don't know what I'm doing with this thing yet. You know, which Paramount was super happy with. They were like, great. We love that. You know, we love that you don't even know if this is going to be a part of your contract or not at this point. Uh, So, But just in case it is going to be a film, he brings in Joseph Stefano, uh, this guy's a rising star writer in the film industry, and he writes the film adaptation of Psycho. He writes the feature-length actual mm-hmm. what this thing was going to become. Yeah, he writes the screenplay for it. That's what that's called. Uh, yeah, I know, but I mean, you know, I'm getting around to it. All right, give me a fucking second here. He's, he's adding um, color to a black and white. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but an interesting, interesting thing that happened here is one of the few places where they did stray away from the book. In the book, Norman Bates, he was like this older, overweight alcoholic. You really didn't like this guy. He was a dick, you know. But Hitch, old the cock, and Stefano, they sort of Stanley Kowalski'd this thing. 
They wanted just like Streetcar Named Desire. Streetcar Named Desire. Remember how that whole thing happened where they were like, "We want Stanley to be hot. We want him to be likable." So. It's not so black and white, uh, whether or not he was good or bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if they're hot, it's ambiguous. If they're hot, it's ambiguous. You can't not like a hot guy. Exactly. They were playing around with the hot people can do evil things, too, which was this new concept. You it's know? black and white, but it's not black and white. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Maybe these crimes ambiguous. Yeah. they're committed by a yeah. hot person. Maybe you're rooting for the for, guy. For Maybe early. you want to fuck him. Maybe you, you want to ever fuck think of that. Guy. Yeah, yeah, what, you ever think of that? Maybe you want to fuck this guy, huh? You ever think of that? <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure, I haven't done any research on this, but I'd be willing to throw my bet on Alfred Hitchcock did a large dose of acid. Oh, And then yeah, got sure. inspired to, he was probably like reading this book on acid. Maybe. And was like, yo, this is going to be the perfect fucking scenario. You know how I'm going to do it? I'm going to do it all in black and white because that's all I see right now. That's right, man. He was a nerdy little guy. He was definitely a nerdy little dude. Was he fat? Yeah. He, was he like probably did not do acid, but still. But still. I mean, he, his brain was acid enough. Uh, and in the book, Norman was also like obsessed with the occult. He was a big fan of pornography. He had like porn laying around and shit. And they took all that out too. They're like, we don't want some porn obsessed. We don't occult. want demonized porn. Yeah, porn. Well, exactly. In the sixties, the occult was having like a comeback. Yeah. Like, this is the beginning of Timothy Leary and the whole acid movement. It's like late fifties, early sixties, all that shit from like the Victorian era right. and like early nineteen hundreds was like re-emerging in pop culture and in music and shit. Yeah. Starting to. Yeah, for sure. So it makes sense if he had like his finger on the pulse. Of what's going down, because he's like this Hollywood director is well-known and successful already. Then he's probably like, yo, I'm going to lose. you. This is going to be the next kind of big thing for the next five years or right. something. Let me put this in there. Yeah. Well, but he he wanted it taken out, or Stefano did for sure. Stefano, the writer, he said, quote, he wanted to give the audience indications that something was quite wrong, but it could not be spelled out or overdone. He wanted you to like cool. Like something's don't off. Write don't write helter skelter yeah. and blood on the wall. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> something's not right about this guy. On mm. paper, he's just like a, a a cute dude who's mm. like nice, but I don't trust this guy. Yeah, I want to fuck him. I want to fuck him, but I don't know why. I'm not I love him. Yeah. 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 He says, "What's your height? Uh, you know, five ten. And what's it? He's like occupation, a uh, cute dude that's cute uh, dude. awesome or whatever yeah. he said. It's like I want to fuck him, but I feel like he'll just fuck my corpse. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. It's like I want to fuck him, but someone stopped me. I don't know what that is. Yeah, what yeah. is it? What is it? <laughs> What's stopping me from fucking this dude? That's what Stefano was. That was the quote. I want. I want people to say, "What's stopping me from fucking this a dude?" That's <laughs> just a very shiny knife. Uh, <laughs> Stefano was actually the one he brought up Anthony Perkins the actor handsome younger guy he was killing it at the box office uh, a, a, a bi icon by the way Anthony Hop Anthony Perkins in 1960 was very much like Anthony yeah I know. <laughs> like, let's get someone everyone wants to yeah. fuck yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah Anthony Perkins even in 1960 he was very uh, open he was like I like to fuck everybody yeah, I don't care what you what think need. about me yeah. we, need, we need someone that everyone can see themselves in bed with <laughs> you know? and he was this guy who was like like I said he had a big box office draw but he wasn't very expensive he was still kind of like working his way up you know and the heroine of this tale, Marion herself, Hitchcock's very first choice was Janet Lee, who had one more film that she owed Paramount on her contract that she had signed back in 1953. 
She was on this like long running contract to Paramount. She owed one more fucking thing to these guys and she was done. And this could be it since it was Paramount who was distributing this thing, you know? This is like, cool. I, yeah. Low budget thing. I've tried too hard. I kind of want to fuck this guy, but I don't really, I don't know what this is about. I don't know what it's about. I don't know what's stopping <laughs> me from fucking this guy, but there's something. That's basically it. They uh, sent Perkins and Janet Lee the book mm-hmm. and both of them read the book, signed on without even, they didn't even talk about how much you're going to pay me, uh, salaries, any of that shit. Wow. Yeah. And so Alfred got Perkins for $40,000 and Janet Lee for $25,000. Pay gap is real. <laughs> Pay gap is real, man. Uh, which, you know, 40 grand was 400 grand, 25, $250,000 today. Mm-hmm. It was a steal. For any movie, not that bad. Not that bad. Yeah. Not that bad. It's interesting because 40 grand, if you remember, that's exactly the amount of money that oh. she was stealing in the movie. And that's how much she paid Anthony Perkins. <laughs> I don't know why I don't want to fuck this guy, <laughs> but uh, I don't. Something's stopping me. <laughs> so they had the script. They had the Alfred Hitchcock's Presents crew ready to go. They had their stars. They had $800,000 of Alfred Hitchcock's fucking uh, mortgage money. <laughs> and they headed to Phoenix, Arizona to begin filming this thing. Oh, they shot on location. They shot a lot on location. I Universal said they could use their lot. They did. They used the Universal lot whenever they were done in Arizona. But they did shoot a lot of it in Arizona. <clears throat> Big establishing shots. Stuff like that, you know, very Phoenix-specific stuff. But then basically the rest of the movie, they came back to the Universal lot, and they shot it at Review Studios, which was uh, basically like Universal Television. That's what it would become. You know, it was sort of their TV studio. And they shot it back there. When cast and crew began work on the first day, they had to raise their right hands and promise not to divulge one word of the story to the public and Sir Alfred Hitchcock also withheld the real ending part of the script from them until it was time to shoot. Whoa. He didn't even tell them until Whoa. it was time. Yeah. Sick. He was really about these spoilers. Really about these spoilers. He was not fucking around. Uh, filming started in the morning, and they would finish at 6 p.m. or earlier on Thursdays because Hitchcock and his wife Alma would dine at Chasen's over on Beverly Boulevard every Thursday. So he's like... <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta be out of here. Sorry. Flew out from Arizona to get back (laughs) to Beverly Boulevard. Yeah. 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 I gotta go to Beverly Boulevard. She's really pissed about this whole mortgaging the house thing. Yeah. I gotta put a band aid on that (laughs) that situation. Which is funny. She still wants to go to Chase's every Thursday, even though we're mortgaged up to our fucking eyeballs now. You know? But uh, yeah, he had to go have dinner with his wife every Thursday. So 6 p.m. on Thursdays. That was it. And Janet Lee, she only had three weeks to work on this movie. Three weeks for 25 grand. Not bad. She had three weeks to work on it and spent one whole entire week in the shower filming that fucking shower sequence, by the way. They they had her in the shower for a week straight. They got, like, 75 different takes of this thing. It was this fucking, you know, That nuts. was the most expensive part. That was the most expensive part. I have, I have a theory. Uh, did she have to be naked for the she whole was, thing? She was naked in that shower. Alfred Hitchcock was very uh, run it again. Yeah, run it. <laughs> yeah, that's my theory. He Alfred Hitchcock was notoriously <sighs> pretty perverted and creepy. Mm-hmm. He'd get very obsessed with women. He liked to torture his actors. It was yeah. he was very like Kubrick esque yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah, like yeah. he wanted his actors to be very tortured. Yeah, and so I think that's what was really going on here. Interesting. I think he run was, it again, and this time scream more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he would he would sometimes do the stabbing himself. A lot of that 
was his hand with the Whoa. knife. So he's yeah. basically just pretending well, to stab naked <laughs> Janet Lee. This time, scream Alfred. <laughs> Real slow. It's like, you're, you're going to want to fuck me, but not. <laughs> you know. Real <laughs> scream Alfred in the movie. She's like, ah, Alfred. <laughs> it makes it in the cut. <laughs> yeah. That's creepy as fuck. That's, that's fucked up. Yeah. That's fucked up. So they filmed this whole thing. There's not a lot of fil- stories from the set. There is one, but I can't even hardly tell it because it's a spoiler. But apparently he was kind of disappointed initially with the movie. They, they filmed this thing. He even uh, he disliked the shower scene. He disliked everything. He, he kind of was leaning towards this is going to be, uh, this is just going to go on Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Let's just fucking scrap this thing. Let's just make it an episode of this TV show. This thing didn't go well. But that is when Bernard Herman stepped in, the guy who scored the film, and he he put the mix, you know, with the movie, and he told Alfred, sit back down, watch this fucker with the score, I'm telling you, you're going to love it. And that was when Alfred Hitchcock was like, this is a fucking movie. So much to the point where he upped Herman's salary to $32,000 at the time. Because he said like thirty three percent of this movie is the score, basically. Like, and it is. That's it's one of the most iconic scores in film history ever. Yeah. You know, this was like, and it shows just how important sound and sound design is in when you take color out. Like, it's like your senses compensate for the lack of input. So you're like audio. You're paying attention more. Yeah. To music and audio things because you know there's less shit to look at. There's like cues and right, yeah, and yeah. that's kind of a cool thing with the craft of it all. Of, of the you know, I think there was a lot of elements that like kind of leaned him towards doing it in black and white, but almost like an unintended outcome and byproduct of that is this like analogy between right. like black and white on screen and this very vibrant like dynamic soundtrack and yeah, like all these sure. kind of like you know comparisons and like meta kind of things that yeah. are plaguing like the the characters being very much like you know dynamic and and, and you don't know whether they're good or they're bad and like I'm sure this is the movie that like you watch it with a different audio soundtrack and it makes the movie totally different. Yeah, it's a different movie. It's one of those. Like, there's sure. some movies you can do that too, and not really. It's always gonna be. It's the Avengers is always gonna be fucking Avengers, you know, shit like that. But this, you can probably I'm sure you put on like musical happy music from the 1950s. It's gonna make it a very different movie. That's interesting because he did that with the trailer. Oh yeah, right. the trailer of this movie was him uh, taking you on a tour of the Bates Motel and the house. And he's talking about it like it's like a crime scene. It was a six and a half minute trailer that he made for this thing, and uh, he plays like very like happy go lucky music over it for a while, and then it like switches, you know. And it was he was playing around with it. He was gonna do the shower scene uh, silent, like no score. It was just her screaming. But then that fucking Herman, he made that <laughs> like it, that was almost that was just like a second. You know, like, thought, basically. He was like, just try it out. Like, try yeah. this thing out over it. And Hitchcock loved it so much, he put it in there. But that's like, I mean, that started that whole thing. Wow, the horror sting. And, know? like, yet again, like, what a prime example of how collaborative the medium is. Yeah, Like, sure. he, he would have been fucked if it wasn't for this, you know, composer coming in and, like, really making the movie what it is. Dude. So sometimes, like, you know, we give a lot of credit right. to directors, but, like, in really, the director is 
It's just the one pulling the orchestra together. Yeah. Yeah. You get like His job is to get the best out of everybody else. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that score right. is so much, man. A score yeah. can really make or break a film. A bad score will ruin any movie. You know, you yeah. know what's dope is um, the guy who did the score for Drive also did our buddy's yeah. movie. Nice. Go oh, really? Keith Sutler. Oh, what? Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Hell That's yeah. why it sounds very similar. It's like do 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 like yeah. the eighty synth kind of stuff. Nice, dude. But it makes a movie like you get these like nice dynamic shots, these unique shots of LA that are like really cool. And with that soundtrack, it kind of like, like imagine that with like, you know, 80s rock or like something else in there, like glam metal or something. It's it's very different. Yeah. When you rescore something, it becomes a whole different ballgame. Just some other like really kind of just fun facts about this. All the blood was chocolate syrup. That was, That's the best blood. So if you ever work with fake blood, it's usually chocolate syrup with red food coloring. Yeah, interesting. And maybe know. maybe like a little some kind of either water or maybe some sugar else to thicken it, depending on how liquidy or how thick you want it. Yeah, I uh, I did hundreds of gallons worth of work with fake blood in a, sh- in a oh, show. Right. I was did I tell you about the show called Splatter Theater? Yeah, man. Uh, we man. talked about it. Or I don't know if it made it into an actual cut or not, but yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever. No. Yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah. Though. yeah. It's not in the compilation. Yeah. In the well, compilation. Well, there you go. Yeah. It's in the comp. But yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Chocolate syrup is the shit. Because you're sitting there and it gets in your mouth, it gets in your face, you just eat it. It's just like, eat it, yeah. Just yeah. Up, yeah. It, just well, and especially down. in black and white, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. It you don't like even blood. need to put yeah. the red dye. Yeah. 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 It's chocolate. It's chocolate. Hashtag <laughs> 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 Joshua probably looked really sexual. So he was probably like, don't put the red in. Yeah. Just chocolate, my dog. <laughs> I don't know why I gave him like an accent. <laughs> that was pretty weird. Yeah, I can't wait to do his episode, man. The whole Alfred Hitchcock episode is going to be very interesting. This was also the very first film ever uh, in America to show a flushing toilet. Before. Hilarious. Yeah. I remember that was a big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. What? Um, that was crude and like, you know, shameful to be like, you don't show that. Yeah, yeah. Stefano, when he was writing the script, because the book, there's a very particular part. <coughs> She's flushing evidence in a toilet, and it's in the book, and it's very, you know, it's all out there. And Stefano was like, I, I have to put this part in the movie. I have it's, to put uh, the, very important. It's extremely important. And Hitchcock was like, okay, we'll fucking just put it in there then, you know. And he's like, well, it's a flushing toilet. We're not really supposed to show that. And I, I, Hitchcock is probably, it's, it's black like, and white. It's black and white. It's not like there's <laughs> shit in the toilet, you know. It's fucking like evidence. Just show it. But yeah, before this in America, they had never shown a flushing toilet. That was against the code. It's like taboo, you know? yeah. It was taboo type of shit, especially a woman flushing a toilet. That was fucking unheard of, you know. <laughs> no. I, I'm so perplexed until dude. 1960 what? until this movie yes. women couldn't flush the women toilet. could not flush the toilet that's because women don't poop they were incapable women did not how. women did not poop <laughs> until 1960 that this was, is yeah. the weirdest rule I've ever heard of. <laughs> I'm so perplexed. That someone sat in a room and was like, we got to draw a line somewhere. We got to draw a line somewhere. Women women did not start pooping until 1960. <laughs> That's what we're saying here on film. It history. was a form of empowerment. <laughs> it was like they were given cigarettes to smoke while walking in a parade and encouraged to poop. That's right. <laughs> That's right. This is the women's movement, That's you know, happening right here. The women's bowel movement. <laughs> right here. The uh, women's bowel. 
<laughs> right here on Hitchcock's set, the most uh, progressive yeah. with women ever. Hashtag support women. Also, stay in the shower naked for a week. Yeah. Also, I'm going to pretend to stab you yeah, for like you a know week straight. What you can do too is you can poop if you want on yeah. camera. Like if you happen to yeah, poop, if you, you, if you just so happen to, yeah. Look, toilet's right there. Look, it's next it's to all the shower. black and white. They're That's just right. going to think it's blood, anyways. Yeah. We'll just roll with it. She's like, Alfred, there are no cameras in here. It's just me if, and you. If He's you like, want to just. Movie. If some of it happens to get on my chest, it's not <laughs> a big deal. Like, just don't flush it afterwards. Let's just keep it, you know. Step on me. <laughs> Step on. <laughs> this isn't a script, Alf. Yeah, this is this is uh, th- we have strayed away from the movie at this point. So uh, this to- reshoots. <laughs> this toilet flush of a movie. It's time for it to come out, baby. This is about the release of mm. Psycho. This it, they're they're going heavy, man. And this man has made the movie with all the all the money that he mortgaged his house for. Uh, Janet Lee shot her part in three weeks. Anthony Perkins shot the rest of it. You know they shot for like two months. It was mm-hmm. like I, I think it was er I think it was from like November to February or something mm-hmm. like that. But it was a very short time. Um, he kept up the budget. You know, I mean, when you watch it, you can see it's, it, it. It wasn't like fucking the Avengers mm-hmm. or anything. So he started running that trailer that I was talking about, the six minute and thirty second long trailer. <clears throat> He's chewing her around the set for a man who does not like spoilers for his movie. His trailer was very. His trailer was kind of spoiler in my opinion. He's like bringing you through the motel and the house like it was a crime scene, like it was a thing that had actually happened. Which hype? I get mm-hmm. it. That's cool. Yeah. You know? But he's also like. He's Christmas music playing in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just beginning to look a lot like Christmas. But he's he's a new family movie from Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> he's doing the thing where he's trying to like give you blue balls. He's like, and this is the room where oh, never mind. You just have to watch the movie. You know, like that's kind of what he's trying to do. But he gave he, I don't know, man. When watch the trailer after the movie. I'll tell you okay. like that. Don't watch the trailer until you watch the movie because afterwards well, you're going to watch that shit and say, that was spoilers. That was a spoiler right there. That was a spoiler right there. That was a spoiler right there. I called it. The film was released on June 16th, 1960 at the DeMille Theater and the Baronet Theater in New York City. Just two theaters at the time. Uh, it was the first film sold in the U.S. on the basis that no one would be admitted to the theater after the film had started. So... He, he had a no late admission policy for the film. Yeah. If someone comes up and buys a ticket for this thing and it's already running, don't let that, them in. That is so funny. He's like, how are you going to wield your distributor leveraging power? Yes. You yes. paying for this? You fucking put up the money. You're taking 60% of the distro. What are you? Okay, big producer. Nobody fucking enters after it starts. That's like, right. The most childish thing to love you that's like saying like nobody can eat fucking popcorn, popcorn in my movie. movie yeah, yeah. Like, what? actually that's like i that's also kind of good marketing too yeah exactly it's like, that's like good, spread word of mouth like yeah. why can't you get late you why can't even late go in there late yeah they won't even let you in What's that makes you want to go yeah, you gotta go movie uh, like, not I a- want to fuck it, but I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> not only that, yeah. First influencer house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not only that, but every theater that showed this movie had a cardboard cutout uh, in the lobby of Sir Alfred Hitchcock. He's pointing to his watch with a note saying, The manager of this theater has been instructed at the risk of his life not to admit to the theater any persons after the picture starts. 
Any spurious attempts to enter by side doors, fire escapes, or ventilating shafts will be met by force. <laughs> the entire objective of this extraordinary policy, of course, is to help you enjoy Psycho more. Alfred Hitchcock. That is so long. Yeah, That's yeah. so much to read. It's so much to read. Oh, they were all long-winded back then. Those <laughs> yeah. are the attention spans were actually long. <laughs> people read things and like went read books and shit. Yeah. Like, if you got a blurb over three words, I'm moving on. But it's like you were saying. This is all hype train. Mm-hmm. This is like you're not allowed in. Uh, the theater, sure the theater man. managers are going to be murdered if they let you in here late. You know, do this a is... character count. Is that 140 <laughs> characters? <Yeah. laughs> no. Is that even a tweet? Is that over a tweet? Longer than a tweet? I can't count. I went to Mississippi Public School. Hilarious. Hitchcock believed people who entered the theater late and thus never saw the appearance of star actress Janet Lee would feel cheated. And yeah, I mean, this is, it was two different movies. You can't come into this thing late. You can't mm-hmm. watch Psycho halfway through. Yeah. You gotta watch it Can you come back in if you have to piss? No, no way, man. You gotta piss in your chair. Yeah, piss yeah. in his mouth. That's <laughs> right, so you gotta piss, piss in Alfred Hitchcock's Alfred mouth. Hitchcock's yeah, the, the cardboard cutout was also in the front of the theater, and you'd go pee on it, and he was behind the cutout. You didn't see him. But he was back there. He was back there. Step on me. Yes. <laughs> Make me into an artist. Piss me, beat me. <laughs> so at first, of course, theater owners they were not they were they did not love this. They were like, "We don't like this. We would really just like to let people buy tickets whenever the fuck they want, please." Uh, but he was he insisted. They thought they would lose business because of this. But however, after the first day, the owners enjoyed long lines of people waiting to see the film, and they would wait until the next people came out to go in. Wow. Um, yeah, it worked. It worked. It worked, man. Hitchcock did most of the promotion himself. He forbid Lee and Perkins to make the usual television, radio, and print interviews for fear that they would spoil this shit. Uh, uh, also, I mean, I imagine it's like if you want someone to be afraid of this person, it's like I don't want it to make you feel like a real person. Yeah, cart him out in front yeah. of the world. Yeah. yeah, which is great for Janet Lee and Anthony Perkins. They're like, oh no, I don't get to go on the fucking press tour. Oh, <laughs> which, oh golly gee, oh, I don't have no. to do a press tour. Yeah. Oh, I can stay in my house and enjoy yeah. my money. Especially because Janet Lee had just finished her contract with Paramount at this point. Yeah. Like that was it, you know. Yeah. So she's like, like, I don't oh, even have to. God, I have to go on vacation. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Please. But uh. So even the critics were not given private screenings. No one, there were no fucking, uh, you know, focus groups that were brought in for early screenings of this thing. The critics had to see the film with the general public, and uh, yeah, there was it, th- he was keeping a tight fucking lid on this thing. He did not that want... I like. Yeah, that That's one so dope, I yeah. really like, and it's very interesting. I feel like why don't more people demand that? Because yeah, yeah. then you're really your your attendance isn't affected one way or another for your at least your opening weekend yeah, by right. critics. Yeah, because critics are usually see it like three yeah. days, five days before. before it's hard, like yeah. A, yeah, write an article and do a spread and write a review. But like, fuck that man. Let the people decide. Let yeah. the actual box office decide, and then the critics can be the ones yeah. to see if they're. In alignment with like what everybody thinks, or maybe for sure. It, well, it's interesting that he did that because he was concerned about spoilers. Because like, there's no fucking Twitter back then. You know what I mean? It's like, how yeah. are these journalists going to spoil shit? They, there's no like easy uh, means of widespread <laughs> right. news distribution. You know what I mean? But like, 
they're not these are professional journalists they're not going to write an article in a paper spoiling your movie like yeah. no yeah they will if they don't like you like some of these i mean dude you have a, a hit piece on you from like the post don't or they the have times. contracts that they like can't like n- like non-disclosure agreements and stuff th- about i don't know no nah, it's a review yeah. because look the timing of them is supposed to be for opening weekend so they see it before mm-hmm. so it releases out so it's supposed to be like for, as a promotion for the release of the yeah, movie. Right. But you can't control what they write because they're a critic. You, you can't, can't do that bind you can't, them. You can't, like, if you're a professional reviewer, you can't put spoilers in your review. Like, there's contracts about Wait, that. Nowadays. Stuff. Mm, yeah. These are, uh, are newspaper mm. journalists. Mm. And this was the only pipeline for that news. There's not even TMZ. There's not even magazines that are doing this shit. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. So yeah. if anybody's listening to anything, this, that's why, like, movie critics back then, and even through, like, the, I don't know, 70s or 80s at least, maybe your 90s, but were well-renowned and respected, and they could determine the success or failure mm-hmm. of a movie depending on, mm-hmm. you know, who said what and how to what degree. And I also like the idea of them sitting amongst a crowd of people watching it because, like, they're seeing you their get the reactions. Crowd reactions. Yeah, yeah. it's going to sway them Versus a little bit. Them in a room all on their own. Right. Their own yeah, they're seeing. Audience, they're seeing the people in the front row fucking screaming and like, uh, you know, like that's definitely going to be like, damn, okay, this is something, you know, like rather than a bunch of assholes sitting next to each other just out-criticking each other. I'm going to do that with madness. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be a great idea. Yeah, Yeah, man. Fuck it. The critics have to see it with the general public. That's all there is to it. You got to pee in my mouth. That's right. You got to piss on the cardboard cutout. (laughs) I'm going to be behind it, but you don't know that. You want to fuck me, but you won't for some reason. But uh, it, it was a slow hit. It, it didn't quite hit its numbers like opening weekend. Well, it has to spread by word of mouth. Exactly. This was a big word of mouth thing. But it went gangbusters afterwards. If you remember, the budget for this thing was $800,000. And in its opening week, Psycho grossed about $46,500 at the DeMille. Uh, and a record $19,500 at the Baronet over there. That's $66,000 total. But this got the people talking. This was like churning up a lot of... It became a sensation, you know. And then they expanded to five more theater chains, grossed $143,000 more that week, and then it opened worldwide. And I don't have the numbers exactly. I could not find what this thing made on its worldwide release. But, you know, it went to Tokyo, went to France, it went all over the world. And (laughs) you remember how Hitchcock had signed his 60% for the negatives. Motherfucker made a fortune. He made upwards of $15 million personally for this film. Bro, didn't the box office, I think total gross was like 50 overall? Today, it's up to $50 million. Wow. Now, that was 60% of the negatives, so I don't know how that changed. Like... In 1966, it got. You do. It's still. I think it was still waterfall. So like, you still yeah. do 50 percent to the exhibitor, and then the, the of the next cut, he got 60 percent. Right. Wow. Yeah. So that's 15 million off of uh, you know at the end of like its run basically in mm-hmm. theaters, which is 150 million dollars today. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and of course, the critics are mixed. You know, for the most part, everybody thought so it was 800. Thousand to a hundred and fifty million. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That you was... see why? Like after this, every studio is. Like, what do you want to do? Here's back money. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Like yeah, nobody yeah. really questioned. I um, sort of compare it to uh, uh, George Lucas's merch deal. 
that yeah. he made. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, he was like, fine. Like, don't yeah. pay me a lot for the movie, but yeah. I'll, I'm going to take all the merch sales. Yeah. You know, and then yeah, yeah. fucking made billions. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's crazy. It, it's always like, it's always like this, like finding a way to fuck over the studio you know like but yeah. it's by their own pertard yeah. you know yeah. it was like I, I, fine like if you don't mm-hmm. want it then i'm gonna mm-hmm. do it but i'm gonna take 60 percent. they're like ha mm-hmm. yeah good luck with your 60 percent of this like yeah. you know chocolate syrup slasher chocolate movie syrup you know movie, your fucking yeah. janet lee thing whatever yeah, i'm gonna pee in your mouth i'm gonna pee i'm gonna piss in your face you know <laughs> he's and like he, good i love it yeah he pissed in the face of the studios <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's wild and the critics are mixed. For the most part, everybody thought it was great. Perkins and Lee killed it. Uh, but people were pretty disturbed by this movie and blame it for creating the genre of splatter films. You're talking about like splatter theater. That was sort of... All these movies started coming out now of women just being fucking splattered all over the wall, you know? And they're like, this is you his know fault. He, they said we couldn't hit them anymore. <laughs> so we just decided to start murdering them all over on screen. They're like, I can't... Can't, you gotta take the violence on women out of screen. This isn't what we meant, guys. Yeah, this is. You just pivoted yeah. to something far more extreme. They're like, well, at least we're not slapping them. Yeah. At least they die afterwards. Yeah, you no, know, there's no real violence, only simulated violence. That's yeah. right. But it's right. way more grotesque. Yeah. Well, nobody would ever do this. It's yeah, like this so is, over the top. It's so over know. the top. <laughs> no man would ever kill a woman with a knife in a shower. Come on. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so these are just gore fest started coming out, spatter films. Uh, Walt Disney later on in the '60s, Alfred Hitchcock wanted to film at uh, Disneyland for a movie he was doing, and Walt Disney was like, "Absolutely not, bro!" <laughs> like I saw Psycho, that movie's disgusting. That's You're not coming in here. Walt Disney, by the way, who killed a man on a polo field, <laughs> like for real. You know, like it's like this man doesn't want you in his park filming. Okay, uh, it's like hey, family values over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I draw the line Take somewhere. Take it to the polo field, sir. <laughs> Have he, some decency. He told him no on the polo field over that man's dead body you know we <laughs> kill people in private like gentlemen that's right that's howard, some class yeah sir. howard hughes is present when i kill someone okay <laughs> he just mallets the man's yeah. head <laughs> <laughs> have some goddamn dignity we don't use knives they're not women <laughs> My instruments for killing are live animals and gold cutlery. <laughs> and also, there better not be a goddamn Jew on my set, okay? <laughs> Play the new Kanye. <laughs> Uh, Janet Lee, she received threatening letters after this movie's release detailing that they would like to do what they would like to do to Marion Crane. One was so grotesque, she passed it on to the fucking FBI, and the FBI went and found the dude who wrote it and basically said, like, yeah, hey, if that dude ever writes you a letter again, please let us know, because he's, he's definitely out to kill you. So. <laughs> <laughs> he's not happy about the movie. Wow, holy yeah. shit. The Bates House, we're sort of winding the episode down here now uh I, I wrote less than i thought but fuck it i got a lot to riff on so i've been talking for a while okay i good. have a massive headache oh it's gotcha due to gotcha. lack of sleep too much caffeine and no food so yeah. this is nothing to do with this podcast and it's midnight yeah. so uh the bates house though moved from its original location still reside resides on universal's lot you know if you've ever taken the studio tour through universal they they pass you by the Bates house and cool. it is the actual house in the movie. The motel is recreated. Sweet. The house is real. Cool. Um, I, I think you can go in there at some point. There's like, there you can go in the interior during like Halloween or some Whoa. shit. I want to buy it. 
Yeah. I just want to live in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buy that bitch and live in it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That the, cool. Go on the studio tour if you go. And then, so they had sequels to this thing. There's Psycho 2, there's Psycho 3. Really? Anthony Perkins returns for one of them, I think. Uh, yeah, Did like. Did Hitchcock have anything to do with those? Yeah, yeah. He actually he had something to do with those. Did uh, he direct them? I don't, I don't know. He was around. I think he was just around for it. I don't think he directed those. Okay. I think it was like a, yeah, Alfred Hitchcock presents <laughs> the rest of the psychos. Um, did, but were they sequels or they were just like same vibes or like what was how did they sequelize that? Shit, man, I didn't do a lot of research. Now on the sequels, man. Next like, episode, the surprise. We yeah. gotta <laughs> can't give away the spoilers. Gotta have a twist. It's like, <laughs> like this time, I want to fuck my dead dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and but uh, Gus Van Zant of Goodwill Hunting fame remade this movie in 1998, like almost shot for shot. He changed some things around, but it's like, and it was fucking Vince Vaughn as Norman Bates. What? Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 what? It was a hell of a cast, man. It was Anne Hayes, Julianne Moore. I'm, I don't mind it. It's really. Different. I've never seen it. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's it's totally different. I because isn't it in color? Yeah, it's in color. Yeah. Yeah. It just gives it a different It's like a modern play. It's like when somebody takes a Shakespeare play and does like a, a modern rendition of it or right, something. Right. It's like you know that there's source material, but it's different enough, but still the same enough to kind of, I don't know. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, just yeah. different. It's not, is it anywhere close or better than the first? No, not, absolutely not. But, right. you know, whatever. Yeah. No, it was a cast too, man. Anne Hayes, Julianne Moore, Vigo Mortensen, William H. Macy, Rita Wilson. All them motherfuckers. Stacked. Before they were all like really, really big. Yeah. How about them apples? You know, because that was Goodwill Hunting. That was a quote from that movie. Wait, really? Another one that Gus Van Zandt did. Oh, I never yeah. saw it. It was a really whiny You've movie. never seen Goodwill Hunting? <laughs> no. Goodwill Hunting is basically what would happen. How do you like them it? apples? What, what would happen? That's from. I thought that was saying was from like the 1600s. Well, nope. No, no, man. That was Goodwill Hunting. What? Goodwill Hunting is like, what if your what therapist did, needed therapy? What did Will do to be hunted? Oh, man. Why are they hunting Will? He was Norman Bates. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it, man. That's Psycho. I think I'll, that's enough information. I love it. I'm, yeah. I'm, it's midnight. I'm uh, <laughs> go watch it. It is for rent on Amazon. Absolutely go watch this motherfucker. It is absolutely amazing. If you have seen it, watch it again. If you haven't seen it, absolutely go watch it. Hopefully. hopefully I've I guess see it again. It's been a minute. Yeah, man. I, I love it. It's great. I, I remember liking it. but you know. uh, The very tail end, you will know exactly what I'm talking about when you watch it. The tail end of this movie... Hitchcock did not want it to stay in the cut. I don't know how it still survives today. It is the shittiest part of the whole movie. Uh, should have been cut out, and it should have just fucking rolled credits way before it happened. She shits on his chest. She shits on his chest. Whoa. They don't flush the toilet. Wait, but didn't he have final? Why didn't he have final cut over this? I don't. I he his... had final cut, but I, I was so confused by that. He was like, he hated the ending. But for some reason, it was still in there. And it sucks. He was right. Like, it's a terrible ending. I don't it's, have any more money to shoot anything else. I will cut, we'll cut this. How's it end? It, it ends with a uh, psychotherapist. In, he goes and talks to Norman Bates in jail. And he comes out. And he, for one, breaks the news that uh, this guy's girlfriend and this lady's sister is dead. And they have zero to little, very little reaction to that. Uh, but then he goes on to explain, like, the entire movie. <laughs> he, like, he explains what you just saw. Like, he explains Norman Bates 
And he just, it is absolutely Guys, in case you missed it late and you came into the theater late, here's a recap for you. You weren't even allowed in late, so you definitely watched the entire thing. But just in case, I'm going to like give it to you in a fucking Reader's Digest version. You know? Yeah, it sucks. So just don't even watch the very end. As soon as you see that part, just turn it off. You've seen the movie. For sure. uh, Or skip to the credits, you know? Um, well, if you want to see my movie, you can follow my journey at Instagram, <laughs> at Drake Cummings, on Twitter at Drake underscore Cummings, on TikTok at Hollywood Drake, at my merch store, RagingTwaysMerch.com, and if you're on an internet website somewhere, just tie my name in and let me know what happens. Boom. Uh, you can find me at Sailor underscore Dev on Insta and Abracadabra Dev on Twitter. Hell yeah. You can find me at James Wyatt Scott. Jimmy Deloy, uh, yeah, just Google me as well. You can find me, you know, in prison or whatever. Uh, you can also find me, <laughs> you can find us at Film History, the History of Film, FHHF Podcast. Also, depending on where you're looking in, and you can also find me behind the cardboard cutout of myself in the front of the theater. And if you gotta go pee pee, just come down to the front and make a deposit, baby. This has been. Film history. The The history of film. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about.